From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Barry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we unpack one of the top stories out of our radio newsrooms across the country. On Deadline this week is the extreme heat that continues to blanket the country, leaving air conditioners running and my iced coffee melted. Temperatures nationwide and around the globe have hit record highs this summer, and climate experts continue to warn that we are on the verge of failing potential climate goals. A report from Reuters showed that the goal of keeping long-term global warming within 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit might be out of reach soon. For several states across the U.S., June became the hottest month that has ever been. Temperatures peaked at or above 110 degrees for the entire month of July in Phoenix, Arizona, turning homes into the equivalent of an air fryer. The weather got so hot in Europe that several popular tourist attractions were forced to close, according to a report from NBC News. And the loss of funds from the shutdown of tourist attractions isn't the only financial cost the climate has incurred. It might even impact what's in your wallet. Rachel Cletus, a policy director and lead economist at the Union of Concerned Scientists, joined KNX Radio in Los Angeles to talk about the effect extreme heat has on the economy. Yeah, extreme heat is deadly. It's also very costly. And it's pretty clear that right now what we have out there are significant underestimates of these costs. But as you point out, it affects every aspect of our lives and our economy. Just to give you a few examples uh, in the recent past, we know that extreme heat is a killer. Every time we have these heat waves, uh, people die. And around the world, this is a leading killer of climate-related deaths. And for example, last summer in Europe, there was a heat wave and there's a study that basically points out that over 60,000 people lost their lives just in that one summer of extreme heat that was exacerbated by climate change. How do you put a cost on that? Um, The other aspect is what happens to our infrastructure. The power grid, of course, gets very stressed and we see power prices rise significantly when there are extreme heat events. Uh, For example, last month at the end of June, there was an extreme heat event in Texas, and we saw the power prices in the aircraft grid in Texas literally double. It went up from about uh, $2,500 per megawatt hour to $5,000 per megawatt hour. And everybody who's using that power is, of course, paying for these higher rates. It means that people, low-income households, for example, are paying a punishing cost in their energy bills when we have these heat waves. But of course, you need the energy to stay cool. And right now, too much of that energy is coming from fossil fuels. It needs to come from clean forms of energy. Otherwise, we create a cycle of rising emissions, worsening heat. The other thing is it affects other forms of infrastructure, like railway lines that can buckle during extreme heat, roadways similarly that can buckle and melt during heat. And we also have a challenge with aircraft. When it's very, very hot, it's harder for aircraft to take off and they use more fuel to get that lift to take off. We have extreme heat causing significant public health impacts, of course, and these impacts are often hard to tally because many people have pre-existing health conditions that get exacerbated during extreme heat heart and lung ailments in particular, but that alone costs billions of dollars in emergency room visits, in various ways in which people need access to medication and healthcare interventions so that they can stay safe. Particularly affected are the elderly, very young children, and uh, folks with pre-existing health conditions. 
So emergency rooms tend to see a huge uptick in, in visits during heat waves. And then the other way heat waves affect our economy is the impact on the agricultural sector, where we can have extreme crop losses, has been the case both in the U.S. and around the world during extreme heat. And that can uh, filter down through the economy in terms of risk to food security if you have major crop losses. We also saw last year during extreme heat and drought, river levels at record lows along major waterways like the Mississippi. That means barges carrying important goods either cannot pass or have to pass with much reduced loads, and that also creates an economic loss. And extreme heat and drought and wildfires are very closely connected. So you do have situations where you have a cascading compounding series of impacts on the economy where you have heat, drought, uh, wildfires, and all of the associated impacts. You know, last year, the NOAA tallied that the U.S. had $18 billion plus extreme weather and climate-related disasters, many of them with the fingerprints of climate change, like floods and heat and storms. This year, we're already on track for a record year. Again, we have 12 extreme weather and climate-related disasters that have happened already. And one thing I want to point out is that the NOAA data does not include extreme heat waves as one of these billion-dollar disasters, the categories of disasters. It includes things like flooding, extreme precipitation, storms, but heat waves are not tallied as part of these billion-dollar disasters yet. There are a few factors that have contributed to this year's record-breaking heat. For example, the El Nino climate pattern that the National Weather Service believes may stretch into next year. Scientists tend to agree that climate change is also a major reason for the extreme heat. A recent study published by the World Weather Attribution Group has said that the recent heat waves are, quote, virtually impossible without climate change. With the heat comes added health risks. Meteorologists and health officials continue to warn of the danger of being in extreme heat for too long. Among those most at risk of heat-related illnesses include children, the elderly, and those with pre-existing health conditions. To talk more about how extreme heat plays a role in our health, Dr. Josh Foster, a postdoctoral researcher at the Institute for Exercise and Environmental Medicine at UT Southwestern Medical Center, spoke with WCBS Radio in New York. Let's start with the heart. What happens to us uh, heart-wise when it's so hot? So the adjustments by the heart and the cardiovascular system in general are really pivotal to our body's physiological response to heat stress. But as you mentioned, it can be one of the main causes of fatigue and feeling tired in these environments. So one of the primary adjustments that our body makes to heat stress is that we try and increase skin blood flow. So that that increase in skin blood flow is very important because effectively what we're trying to do is transfer warm blood from the core up to the skin and then that warm blood and heats the skin and that skin can then be transferred to the cooler environment or it can be cooled by sweating. Now, if there were no heart adjustments to that, that increase in skin blood flow would dramatically lower our blood pressure. So one of the body's responses to that is to increase what's known as cardiac output. So that's how much um, blood the heart is pumping per minute. But effectively, that's caused by increasing the heart rate. So really, um, when we're exposed to heat, we see an increase in heart rate primarily for temperature regulation reasons and also to regulate our blood pressure as well. Right. And it's not just a matter of feeling more tired from the heat during the daytime. 
How does it affect our sleep? Yeah, so uh, temperature has a very large impact on sleep quality. Generally, for optimal sleep quality, you want to be in an environment around 65 Fahrenheit, which just it simply isn't possible for those without air conditioning or those who are reluctant to use it for, for financial reasons. So it can have quite a large impact on sleep. It can um, being exposed to, to warmer environments uh, during sleep time can have impairments on temperature regulation the following day. There's been a lot of research on that. And also it has this carryover effect on fatigue as well. So sleep quality is very much impaired by exposure to warm environments. Just what we need, uh, more effects on her, <laughs> not being able to get a good night's sleep. And doctor, is it fair to say that we do better, our bodies do better with colder temperatures than we do with these hotter temperatures? Yeah, our bodies can tolerate larger deviations in its temperature from a health standpoint when we're talking about reductions from in core body temperature. So generally, our kind of brain tries to keep our core body temperature stable at around 98.6 Fahrenheit. From a health point of view, we can tolerate larger deviations from that going down, but we really start to get into a serious health crisis when our core body temperature reaches around 103, 104 Fahrenheit. That's when we start to really see quite high risks of heat stroke. And we know that there are certain populations that are much more at risk of that happening, such as those who are very old, so people over the age of 65 and 70, and those with chronic health conditions as well, such as cardiovascular disease, kidney disease, and pulmonary diseases. be both dangerous and costly, and not only for humans. Our On Deadline producer and devoted dog dad, Joe Heady, wants to remind pet owners to make sure that their furry family members are protected from extreme heat, too. Most of them walk around with a fur coat 12 months out of the year. Having water, taking breaks in cool places, and spending time out of the sun can be just as essential for humans as it can be for pets. Sweating through oppressively hot days can be brutal for all of us. And according to the Weather Channel, the current heat wave is only expanding more this week. For tips on how to make it through this sweltering summer, visit weather.gov safety heat. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Barry, and I want to say thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey's deeper look into a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast to stay informed. <laughs>